This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host, at Chamber Mixers, he drinks Diet Coke. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. You're joining us for episode 120, and I am your host, Brandon Burton, where it is my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our guest for this episode is Hussem Edin Tuil. He is the uh, president of the Tunisia-Estonia Chamber of Commerce and founder of ClickHow which we will uh, get into more detail about his company. But Hussam started his career by the age of 22 as a digital communication executive at the Tunisian Trade Union for Industry, Commerce, and Handicrafts, which is the largest private sector representative in his country, counting over 600,000 businesses of all sizes. It was later on awarded the 2015 Nobel Peace Prize. He also landed consulting gigs with regional and continental trade unions and federations. After holding several positions within the chamber industry as an employee, consultant, and active member, combining over 30 million businesses across 22 countries and three continents, he helped launch the in 2019 the Tunisian-Estonia Chamber of Commerce, which is a bilateral chamber between Tunisia and one of the world's largest digitally advanced nations, Estonia. He has been on a mission to digitize the 400 plus year old chamber industry for the past six years via his chamber focused digital consulting firm, Clico, and recently launched as of May 7th, the Global Chamber Index, which is a crowdsourced digital publication, which unveils not only the most pressing challenges faced by chambers of commerce worldwide since COVID-19 onwards, but also the upcoming trends in the industry. Hussam, I am excited to have you with us today on the Chamber Chat Podcast. I've been looking forward to this discussion and some of the findings that you've come across in this Global Chamber Index, but why don't you take a minute to say hello to all the Chamber Champions out there and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Sure. Uh, thank you, Brady, for having me, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, really looking forward to uh, going through some insights uh, from the Global Chamber Index 2021 edition. Uh, so as a fun fact, I helped start the uh, chamber when I was 27. And I had someone told me at that time that I'm, I might be actually the youngest chamber president in the world, or maybe at least one of the youngest. Um, uh, I have absolutely no clue about that. Uh, so I'm two years, <laughs> I'm two years older now, and not sure if uh, this is still the case. So I really <laughs> hope that some uh, younger entrepreneur has actually uh, taken the lead from that. So as you already mentioned, Tech is a bilateral chamber between Tunisia and Estonia, and was founded in 2019 with some industry and technology luminaries serving on its board. We are mainly focused on institutional level for, for now, and especially for know-how transfer and studies. Um, since our different economic stakeholders are deploying efforts to uh, digitize the public services, the economy, and so on. So 
why have you why have we um, started this chamber with Estonia? So uh, there's a lot to learn and implement from small country with one of the highest number of startups per capita, where over uh, 95% of its public services are online and whose um, e-gov technology is implemented by countries such as Japan, Germany, and Finland, among others. And actually uh, just went through their website once again. I think right now they are, they are over 99% of their public services are online. Wow. So yeah, so there's a lot to learn from that. Uh, maybe to give more context also about uh, what I do besides the bio. So I've been in the chamber work, let's say, uh, for seven years. Uh, so I joined by the age of 22. Uh, the trade union, like you mentioned, wasn't really the best time for someone to really kickstart their early career. Uh, but I embraced the chaos at the time. And I got a lot of help of my peers and managers. And so I had no other choice but to learn faster. So uh, we were going through tough times on the political and socioeconomic levels, which hopefully ended quite soon. Uh, months later, we were co-awarded the 2015 Nobel Peace Prize as part of the National Dialogue Quarter. Um, so the National Dialogue Quarter served as key mediator and driving force to peaceful democratic transition in Tunisia. Uh, for those of you uh, who who probably have lost constant to this, uh, we had the revolution in 2011. And 2014, we have had our first ever democratic uh, elections. So the quartet comprises four key organizations in Tunisia. So my former employer, the trade union, um, and then the labor union, the, the human rights league, and the order of lawyers. As a reminder, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to the quartet. So not to the four organizations individually. Um, yeah, so since then, I went on to more adventures, as you already mentioned earlier, by dedicating my time on my chamber-focused uh, digital consultancy firm. So basically, we work with, um, with trade unions, and chambers of commerce, and other business-driven um, organizations. Um, for the next few months, we'll be announcing uh, a new project called CLECO, which stands for Connecting Local Ecosystems Worldwide, which is going to be, uh, let's say, like a very modest uh, master plan to help take the chamber industry to the next level and make it a unique node in the global trade, which has been already the case, actually already for uh, over uh, four centuries, but this time it's going to be scalable, faster and disruptive. So stay tuned. That is a huge vision. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got your work cut out for you. That, that is yeah. amazing. Um, so tell us, you're, you're actually the first international uh, chamber interview that I've had on the podcast. Um, so you're located in Tunisia yourself, right? Yep. Okay. So Tunis, the capital. Okay. And I think, uh, I know we've had discussions before, you know, hopping on this podcast, but I, I find your, your chamber, your organization, they're so fascinating because it's so different than what we see here in the United States with chambers. Um, do you want to take just a minute to maybe highlight some of the differences of how your organization is set up and functions versus how you've seen, you know, organizations in the States? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, so first, um, 
actually we have been virtual since our inception wow <laughs> so so right before covid 19 and remote work and and so on so but, but why have we started that way because uh, here in tunisia business happens mostly like like pretty much elsewhere in the world so it's face to face we meet each other we talk with each other we have lunch with each other we 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 go uh, in the in the same conference room we shake hands and so on so people are more like visual and they want to see each other like often like it's presence uh that that counts uh but but actually for estonia and have some experience with them basically everything runs online so the adoption rate of technology and remote work actually precedes us like uh, uh let's say uh many many years uh, uh ahead of us so what i want why were, have we uh created it uh, like a virtual right from the beginning it's because we wanted our tunisian peers to be able to adopt that uh that technology uh technology adoption first uh to meet with other people to doing uh business with their uh, estonian uh, peers yeah, so this is why we've done virtually right from the beginning. Um, for there are actually similarities between both countries. Um, actually, we complement each other in in many ways. Uh, maybe later on, I will go quickly through the differences between chambers uh, in here yeah. and the US. So we complement each other. Like they have like a lot of R and D uh, innovations, but basically, as a small country they go outsource a lot of their uh, technology implementation to other countries and this is something that tunisia is actually a champion of so we we have the world's biggest companies here who have set up even entire ecosystems for aeronautics uh for uh, car manufacturing and uh and so on uh also for technology so we're mainly focused on technology companies uh this is why um we we are promoting more our startups to the estonian scene or the estonian venture capital uh scene because we do like um a lot of uh venture capital funding unlike the us the uk uh, sweden and even uh, estonia itself so yeah we have had already a very famous estonian company set up shop here and uh they do have uh, like a very high market share uh, in the country in in their respective field so yeah what's the difference between us and many other us chambers so this is actually <laughs> this is uh one of the main reasons why we have created the global chamber index uh i've talked to you before i've talked to many other uh, chamber leaders or uh, providers in in the us and most of the time it's the the us chambers they are on many levels so there are many chambers on the local level on the state level uh and also on the national level uh, for us here it's more of um sometimes on st state level but state level chambers they are basically uh public law chambers so most of the time they're affiliated to the trade ministry for example or the international development ministry uh in some case for other countries um also chambers in at least i could 
say uh, of my country, I'm not going to talk about other countries, of course, um, we look a lot like um, European chambers uh, because of history of uh, uh, trading together and uh, many other ties that we have together. Um, so we chambers are more focused on international commerce, on international trade. So when you have someone who said, our chamber has just 100 members, uh, it's because they do have 100 um, SMEs and each one of them is doing uh, many, many millions of dollars or revenue. They have factories, uh, they have offices overseas and, and so on. Uh, in the US, uh, you find this, but you also find many, many chambers on the local level, like in towns, in cities and metropoles and so on. So yeah, that's, 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 that's very rich um, in the US. We were like very impressed. <laughs> and we have also discussions with other chamber professionals uh, in, in other places like in Africa and uh, the Middle East and in Europe. And we, we often say that chambers in the US are very, very unique. Uh, so, so actually, I'm not very sure about the actual number of chambers in the US. So sometimes we read it's over 6,000. Sometimes you say over 7,000 uh, just because of, uh, they don't have maybe like very unique uh, identification uh, system. You can start them maybe as a 501c6, for example, or 501c3. But in other countries, you some chambers do actually have an identification system. So um, when you start a chamber, you're not going to say, all right, I'm going to start an organization. You say, I'm going to start a chamber. Uh, in our case, we look a lot like uh, the US in Indonesia. So state level chambers, they are public law chambers. So they, they refer uh, to, uh, to the government, but bilateral chambers, uh, which just like ours, we are just uh, an, an organization which calls it itself the Chambers of Commerce. So we, we don't have many uh, for now. Uh, we're not like the US, <laughs> for example. <laughs> we have seven, seven state-level chambers, and um, some of them are regional chambers. So they, they represent many states at the same level. Um, and for bilateral chambers, it's about 26 bilateral chambers. In some countries, uh, being part of a chamber of commerce is not an option. So just like you, uh, you look for an, uh, someone for your bookkeeping, or you rent an office, or you declare your taxation, you, ha you actually have to uh, be part of a chamber of commerce. But here you have the choice uh, maybe you could be, you could join the trade union or you could join any champs of commerce that you deem important to you or to what you're, what you're doing. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I know that's not necessarily our topic for discussion today, but I find it fascinating to, to see how things work in other parts of the world. And, and even, you know, for those who may not be as familiar with geography, Tunisia and Estonia are not even neighboring countries and, and you guys are, are making yeah. this work as a bilateral chamber. <laughs> so yeah. 
But uh, for our discussion, our our topic for our discussion today, we'll be focusing on you know some of these, uh, the, I guess, the process and results that you've uh, come about through conducting this global chamber index. And we'll get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, Hussam, we are back. Um, as I mentioned before our break, we'll be talking about the Global Chamber Index. So tell us what that is, why you decided to conduct this Global Chamber Index, and uh, we'll, we'll get into a discussion around that. Absolutely. So the so the Global Chamber Index, just uh, like I mentioned earlier, we we really wanted to know what Chambers of Commerce uh, have been doing worldwide uh, uh, since COVID-19 uh, onwards. So we have created this uh, unique publication. So it, it's, uh, it's a report. It's not like a very usual report, uh, academic, uh, uh, academic report, uh, but we have decided to include two main things in it. First, it's there is the survey, so the results of the survey. Uh, we can read some numbers uh, first, then we start detailing by sections and examples if you want. Um, um, so the best way to figure out maybe the details about this is to go to chamberindex.com and find more in detail uh, by the regions and results. So we wanted to crowdsource the efforts of Champs of Commerce worldwide and other business-driven organizations. Uh, we wanted to know what they have been doing, their challenges. Uh, did they gain uh, more members? Uh, what was their retention rate? What was their growth rate? Uh, we wanted to know also maybe some ratios maybe like their uh, women-led businesses. Um, we wanted to know their membership base. Uh, I know this is not the kind of information that many chambers share. So we we asked them like select list between this and this. Um, we also uh, wanted to know to have some unique insights uh, based on their geographic level uh, or geographic focus. So we want to know where they are based in the world uh and what was the type of their chambers we go with some numbers um very shortly but for our methodology it was survey based and then interview based so we had many 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 chambers 
reaching out for interviews, but unfortunately, due to the short uh, short span that we had, we couldn't really like uh, hop on a call with everyone. Maybe uh, actually we talked over email, but we sent a survey to 1,407 chambers of all sizes from 91 countries and 442 have responded. So we have uh, a response rate of over uh, 30% uh, for now. Uh, we, we think that the questions that we, we have asked could go a little bit further than this. Uh, and this is actually what we're going to be doing in, in the future. It's going to be like uh, more vertical. We're going to be doing more vertical reports in the future. That is amazing. I mean, just to think 1,400 um, invitations, if you will, to participate in the survey at over 91 countries. So yep. I'm sure as you're getting some of these results back, and you, you mentioned some of the, the kind of questions that you're asking, right, about retention and growth through through COVID, women-led businesses, some of these um, you know, data points, if you will, around these individual chambers. As you've had such a, a wide sampling throughout the world, I, I'm sure there's been some things that you've seen that you didn't expect maybe, or that, that kind of surprised you a little bit. Could you speak to any of that? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, if you want, we can, we can start going through some, some numbers if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So we, 75% of chambers we surveyed were, were local chambers. So mostly they were uh, from the US and Canada. Uh, and we had uh, for national chambers about 5%, another 5% for regional chambers, uh, 6% for uh, international chambers, and 9% for intercontinental chambers of commerce, because intercontinental is not like very, uh, very common uh, chamber, like you find maybe like the American African Chamber of Commerce or the European F. So it's not something very common, and that's a lot of terrain to, to cover. We ask for their membership base. Uh, 55% of them do actually have a membership base between 100 and 500 members. And that's very understandable since the, the, prior, uh, the prior question where we had 75% of them local chambers. So yeah, 55% do have between 100 and 500 members, 25% had over 500 members, and we had 15% uh, between 1,000 and 10,000 members. This is, of course, um, not disregarding some, some, uh, some exceptions. We had, for example, federations of chambers which have reached out to us, and they had over 12 million businesses under their belt. So, yeah. <laughs> so. That's a lot to cover. Uh, most of the time, they're not in the same region. So it's not national chamber. Most of the time, it's between like two continents or on a continental uh, level. We had very surprising uh, and actually uh, very, very interesting um, ratio that we found uh, among the, among the, uh, among the women-led businesses. So 45% of 
chamber members are actually um, women-led businesses. So that was like very interesting uh, insight to to learn if we do compare them to maybe other reports when we find like this is like small number of uh, or small ratio of women-led businesses in this sector or this or that. So this is a very interesting insight that that we have found. We also had interviews with founders, leaders from uh, from companies or organization which focus on women-led uh, businesses. That's that is interesting because a lot of times you know the women-led businesses are looked at as almost a minority and needing special attention, which I think there's there's obviously a place for that. But to see in your findings, that's almost half the businesses are going to be women-led, uh, which I think is amazing. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And most most of the time, this this data actually comes from Europe, so these are uh, basically the highest percentage of this ratio comes from European uh, businesses, mostly from Western Europe, and and the second place from from the United States. So I know a lot of times, at least here in the in the US, a lot of chambers will look to other chambers that are of similar size to kind of benchmark and see, uh, you know, compare results, compare some outcomes. Um, and I can see that being a, a role in maybe the purpose for the, the global chamber index. But in your mind, as you set out to to uh, take on this task, what was the purpose that you set out with this, with gaining this information and data? So we wanted to know if, as, as we said earlier, um, there are like chambers working on many levels, so they could be limited by their ge geographic uh, focus, hence uh, maybe the kind of businesses they are actually serving uh, and also their respective business communities. So we we have asked chambers, um, do you are you open to collaborate with other chambers of commerce? Sixty five percent told us we already do. That's good. So yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And the highest percentage of this comes actually from U.S. based chambers, and then from Canada based chambers, and then from in general Europe based uh, chambers. Uh, the second number here is 55% said that they are open to collaborate with other uh, chambers of commerce. Uh, and absolutely nobody said no. So, so yeah. <laughs> That's good. I would, I would be surprised if anybody said no to, to wanting to collaborate and learn what another chamber is doing. I mean... I know, you know there's the old saying of, of doing your R&D, rip off and duplicate in the chamber world. So uh, to not see what somebody else is doing would be passing up a, a big opportunity to, to maybe keep yourself on, on target and on track of staying relevant. Are there any other findings that really stood out to you or maybe from the, the interviews that you did, um, things that were maybe kind of uh, on the horizon that you're excited about, things that, that people should look forward to as they, as they dig into the results from your uh, Global Chamber Index? Absolutely. So we asked them, um, do you count startups as your members? 75% said yes. 
we're not quite sure um, how most of the time startups do are actually um, part of uh, chambers of commerce. Uh, this is actually something that we are going to dig into more in the future. Why are we asking this, this question? Because I'm myself part of a committee called link for in which means link for innovation. So as as my head of Chamber Pro and Chamber Provider, uh, and also being part of the um, the inception of the Tunisian Startups, which is an organization, the umbrella organization of the startup ecosystem here in, in Tunisia, we wanted to bring in uh, the corporates, SMEs with startups. And actually our program has been disrupted uh, with COVID-19 because we were thinking of doing like very big event where we invite like the top 500 or 1000 C-level executives from big banks, insurance companies, corporates, so on. But then COVID-19 said, hello. So we had, <laughs> so Stop, we yeah. had, yeah. <laughs> so, so we moved online with, uh, with sectorial sessions and that was amazing. So we had, uh, C-level executives of corporations pitching their problems to startups. I mean, they were telling them what their problem problems were. It could be something which is not actually activity-based. Um, so, for example, maybe if you do have like a factory, maybe you don't need a solution for, for your factory and how to run, but you would need probably a solution to reduce the electricity bill or maybe for internal communication or the HR uh, or the HR uh, tools and, and so on. We have had later on many, many big companies actually partner up with, uh, with startups. We had corporation investing in startups. We had corporation also uh, reaching out to start for acquisition. So this was very uh, interesting to find because most of the time, startups they they're more like rebels so uh, they're kind of they want to disrupt the uh, the field that uh they are focused on we are not quite sure uh, if they have joined if this high ratio of membership uh is actually due to maybe COVID 19 or it, it was just right from before COVID 19. Uh, sorry, so 5% of chambers said not yet, but they are planning to, and 20% said that they don't they don't count startups as, as their members. And actually, we want to call on chambers to um, to to be to to be closer to startups and what and, and actually offer uh, services to what they are doing, maybe uh, such as member to member discounts if you do have a chamber with maybe 1,000 members, 5,000 members, and there is like a company, for example, for, I don't know, they do have SaaS software for lead generation or emailing or something that could be big for them. You could probably partner up for an affinity program, for example. So it's, it's very scalable and everybody wins. Talking about uh, affinity programs, we have asked them what is, what is the most pressing thing or what do you need the most right now? So the highest one was retain membership. So 55% of chambers said that right now they need to retain more 
their their members. Forty five percent they want to grow their memberships, and later on followed by uh, members training by twenty five percent, and we also had non dues revenue. So thirty five percent of chambers said that they need more uh, non dues revenue. Twenty five percent said they want to build new partnerships and 20% they need uh, more um, affinity programs or at least create more affinity programs. We have also had, uh, as you know, in the survey, we always put a field like free comment field where people could actually uh, tell us more, maybe something we have misdone. So we have too many telling us that they do have a problem filling out jobs. So many chambers, they are actually understaffed and also they are um, recruiting for their, for their members, but maybe because they don't have like uh, huge online communities, for example, so they could not reach a higher number of candidates to recruit for, for their members. Yeah, that is interesting. That's all really, really good data. Um, any any chamber out there who's looking for more non-dues revenue or affinity programs, reach out to me. I can help you. I've got some good contacts. Um, but I, I think the the idea of the startups is interesting. And I, I, I'll be interested in the future as you guys continue to follow those numbers. And you had mentioned startups are maybe seen as rebels sometimes. I see them as maybe being stubborn sometimes. They're going to figure this out one way or another on their own. You know, they don't feel like they need anyone else. But you can go, you know, further and faster with the help of others. So for a chamber to reach out and be the champion for those startups and help them, I think will go a long ways. Absolutely. And maybe um, last a uh, couple of insights we could, we could go through. Yes. So we we wanted to know how many members they have lost due to COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and seventy percent said they lost less than ten percent their uh, membership base. Um, we had the the highest ratio here is we had 5% of chambers, they have lost at least 21% of their membership base. Uh, so this was for um, due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Now we ask them, how many have you gained uh, since COVID-19? So we wanted to know if what was the most important. So. Was COVID-19 the cause to lose more members or was it actually uh, a net <laughs> guess, positive? It, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> benefit for them. And we found out that 55% of chambers have uh, gained at least 5% of, uh, of new members. So between 5 and 10% membership growth, we had 30% of chambers. They had more than 20% growth. Wow. Um, 15% <laughs> of chambers, they had over uh, 30% growth. Wow. So, yeah. So this actually means that chambers are, have been doing like a great job. And we have seen like chambers were helping each other. I mean, there's like a few things that we had. Um, we had during the interviews have been like helping each other, have been doing like programs each other. Um, they they have helped their members for for free actually you know uh, for like economic relief programs in their respective 
countries. Uh, for example, they have held like webinars on the new adjusted regulations for um, taxation, uh, for recruiting. You know, many countries have actually changed their labor laws. For uh, for example, uh, for furlough and so on. So they have done like great job, which means uh, that chambers have really stepped up in the game and uh, yeah they have gained more uh they have grown actually more their membership base thanks to COVID 19 if, if we could say i think that's the first time i've heard thanks to COVID 19 in a non-sarcastic way <laughs> you know, where it's yeah. authentic <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah and also we, as i don't know there have been some <laughs> there have been some memes like you know on the internet say what has driven the the acceleration of the digital transformation of the organization is it CEO, CTO, or COVID nineteen? And everybody <laughs> said it's COVID nineteen. So That's right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but Hosem, I know we need to start wrapping up here, getting a little a little short on time. But I wanted to yep. ask you. Um, if there's any any tips or action items you would have for chamber champions that are listening to to help take their organization up to the next level, and I'm sure you may have some insights from this survey you did too that you can help point them in the right direction. Absolutely. So I think it's hard to share more than one item, so I'll be quick. So first, productivity. I think um, try to automate tasks as much as possible. Whether create like chatbot for your social media pages or embed uh, like snippet into your website, create a, an FAQ section. Make sure, of course, it is visible to everyone, so you don't have to pick up the phone the whole day and reply to messages and emails repeatedly for for the same thing. Like why joining your chamber of commerce? What do you do? I mean, there are many people asking for things that chamber don't do. So maybe say, this is what we do and this is what we do not do. Uh, so I think man, many chamber professionals could relate, uh, relate to this. Um, so, uh, so we find more time to something else. So advise you to automate your workflow as much as possible. Much of my workflow is actually automated uh, for now. So I use integrations uh, and automated uh, softwares a lot. Um, also, things are moving fast, so don't worry. You you don't have to impl implement everything new, everything trendy. So uh, just like not all chambers work the same way, so there is no need uh, to be anxious uh, about new things that you are not implementing at your chamber yet. I think that's a, a good tip right there. Just I know so many chamber executives are overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that comes at them every day so anything you can do to simplify automate get some of those you know faqs those automated responses anything to to help clear the deck for those more pressing and urgent things that really need your attention i think is so you know spot Absolutely. on yep. so i'm curious to hear your answer to this next question too as, as we look to the future of chambers of commerce how do you see their purpose going forward well, I think the future is already here. <laughs> so uh, I think if there is one thing I should say about future chambers is to start looking at the um, the partnership model more than the membership model. So in the future, we will have to be the number one partner a business of any type, anywhere, anytime should count on. Uh, 
uh, right from their inception, right from day one, and why not even uh, right from their uh, day zero? So right before I open a company, why not reach out to a chamber of commerce from the beginning before I start uh, filing the uh, foreign corporation? Uh, so many years ago, we used to say, if your business is not on the internet, then it will be out of business. I think with this data that we have crunched uh, and like 55% of chambers have gained more members uh, due to COVID-19, I think it has never been more relevant from last year to today. And everyone learned the lesson that chambers are, uh, are actually the backbone of the global economy. Now, if I may very modestly uh, maybe coin this quote, uh, I think the new adage will be, if your business is not a chamber member, then it will be out of business. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Hussam, I know you gave out the website earlier, chamberindex.com, but is that the best place for someone to access the results from the 2021 Global Chamber Index or... How? What's the best way for them to find that or to get in contact with you if they wanted to further this discussion or, or just connect with you offline? Absolutely. So um, starting from May 7th, 11 a.m. Eastern time, you can go to chamberindex.com and download the report. It's free. Uh, we, uh, You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or by email to the address Hussam at Kleco.com. So Hussein as H-O-U-S-S-E-M at Kleco.com. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can talk if you want. Uh, if you have probably more ideas for the next edition of uh, the Global Chamber Index or if you could work each other. So please feel free to reach out anytime. I am fascinated with these numbers that you gave us. I'm looking forward to uh, to going through all the the information and results from the survey myself and reading the the uh, interviews you're posting as well in this report. Um, I will get that information, your contact information, and the website up on the show notes for this episode, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com/episode120. But Hussam, thank you so much for coming on here and spending time with me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. This was a blast visiting with you. And thank you for the work and, and research that you've put into the Chamber world to, to gather all this information. Well, actually, I'm the one who should uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to go through these insights and share them with our uh, Chamber peers worldwide. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. 
Swipe it does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipeit has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipeit by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with swipe it.